Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer in Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. You can tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from uh, 5 p.m. until close. It's open 4 o'clock on Oiler midweek game nights as well. And, uh, hey, if you're looking for a great holiday gift, give the gift to travel this holiday season with New West Travel gift certificates. We will uh, tell you that whether you're celebrating a special occasion or simply looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences. Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Reach out to New West Travel at uh, newwesttravel.com. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And we're going to go down a slightly different path with our next guest, Brian Lawton. Brian Lawton joins us every Tuesday. Of course, he's the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, worked for the NHL Network for a number of years. He started Octagon's Player Agency. That's the agency that represents Leon Dreisettle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um and uh, was the number one pick in the 1983 draft. Brian Lawton for Wild Factor Desserts. Experience the ultimate power play this festive season with fan favorites and seasonal sensations. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. All right. First of all, what did you think of the Detroit Red Wings ending up getting Patrick Kane at $2.75 million? You know, I, I had a lot of thoughts about it. I was a little bit surprised by the money. He got paid. I think Detroit's having a good year. I know he has some familiarity with Debrinket. I do think they've got a couple of good centers for him to play with. But um, the fact that the salary was $2.75 million, I'm told, boxed out a lot of teams from getting in on this action. And to me, that is a little bit short-sighted because for Patrick right now, he's earned $125-plus million as a player. I think it's about proving that you can get back to the level you were at coming off hip surgery. He certainly looked fine when he left, although not quite up to his standards. So the whole goal should be to put yourself in the best position possible. I think Detroit is having a much better year. I'm just not sure that was the best possible place for him to come back and showcase his talents because ultimately how he does this year will determine if he continues to play and if he gets paid like he was previously, obviously won't be ten and a half million, but it should be something significantly higher than two point seven five. All right, million, as, that's my point. All right, as a result of this, Clem Costin, and here's where the curveball happens. And I'd like people to jump in, and you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Clem Costin was already a healthy scratch before this. Now Detroit had the cap space to do the signing. It would not surprise me, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, if Steve Eiserman is already quietly started looking at options for Clem Costin. So I'm going to say to you, the Edmonton Oilers, Clem Costin was a fan favorite here. They could not afford him at $2 million. Detroit's a rich franchise. The Oilers did the deal. If you were Edmonton, would you consider giving up a pick to uh, bring Costin back? If the Red Wings were to eat a you know a significant portion of the contract over the next two years, and again, Detroit's a rich organization. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously through the struggles this year, I've, I've been thinking about Edmonton's roster and what's different. Clem Costin is a guy that really performed well in his brief time with them, way above his career averages. Got two points in 16 games for Detroit, playing less than nine minutes a night uh, at $2 million. That's just an overpayment right now for him. And quite frankly, that's, I would assume, most likely why the Edmonton Oilers didn't jump in and try to sign Clem. But at the end of the day, uh, is Steve Eisenman going to be willing to move him? Yes, I think he will. I don't think it's worked out well for him there. I do think he's someone the Oilers should be interested in. I think Nick Dukestad's a guy they should be interested in. I agree. I I look at both those. Yeah, those are pivotal guys for them. They had a lot of size and skating. So so what would the acquisition cost need to be if Detroit was to eat, say, uh, $600,000? Six hundred and fifty thousand a year for for the you know prorated for this year and then and next year as well. I don't think the acquisition cost is going to be that high, to be honest with you, because with two points in sixteen games and limited minutes and the past that you add in there, I just don't think teams are going to be offering anything more than a fifth, sixth rounder. So it's just clearing cap space if you're Detroit. So if you're the so you think the Red Wings so again let's just say the Red Wings were willing to eat or retain and I I have not checked to see how many they might already be at two right now um, I'll have to go I'm gonna hop on a couple different sites here Puckpedia or Cap Cap friendly if, again I can so answer they, that I can answer that Bob they have one retained salary okay and that's J, and that's Verana in the deal with St Louis and they're paying a lot but it expires this year. So they're fairly clean. They've got two more slots left. They'll have three available after this year. If they did something with Costin, of course, that'll transition into next year as well. So let's say they retain 650000 each year. That's $1.3 million in real dollars. Uh, we're, we're probably taught, you would think it'd be, at this stage, Stevie'd just be looking to get rid of them. For, uh, and you think the cost would not be higher than a fourth or fifth round pick. I don't even think it would be a fourth-round pick, to I be would, honest with you. I'd be, I, I, I would do that tomorrow. I would tomorrow. think it would be less than that. I would do it tomorrow. I would. I'd do that tomorrow. I mean, he he, and I know that there's you know there's a couple guys out there that are really on top of things from a technical perspective that have said, hey, if you get Clem Costin at a million all day, one of the challenges, I think it, there was concern about Clem's play in the Oilers, in the Oilers end. I mean, <laughs> you asked Todd McClellan how Clem Costin played against the L.A. Kings in that series. He played the same with Bukestead. Those guys were difference makers for Edmonton in that series. But then against Vegas, it was the Golden Knights' depth forwards that got to Edmonton a bit. So you've given us the parameters right there. We're talking they'd retain $1.3 million over the next 650000 That would get Costin down to $1.35 per year in his deal. I would, if I were the Oilers, I'd be. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but are you with me that there's probably a strong possibility after today that Eiserman's put a call in around the league? Yes, I think so. I mean, he's he's not going to panic with it. He's he's got time on his side, but I think he ends up there pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I next want to ask you a question about uh, young players and prospects. Uh, on the farm. Xavier Borgo is having a tough go down in Bakersfield. Now, my theory is that um, 
Borgo might be a player that shows better in the NHL in terms of... Bakersfield does not have a lot of high-end veteran players. They got sort of character veterans like Greg McKaig and Brad Malone and Seth Griffith wants everything running through him on the power play and uh, in a great season a couple years ago hasn't been quite the same player. Kajula's coming off of an injury. Uh, Lavoie's the shooter on their first unit power play. Borgo's on the second unit power play. When you were in Tampa Bay as the GM, did you have your younger prospects play with really good players in training camp and exhibition games, or did you go to the set lines uh, for forwards and kind of make those guys work their way up from the minors? How did you sort of handle that, Brian? Well, the, the initial answer that everybody likes to give is that, you know, everybody gets treated equally or fairly, and you do always want everybody treated fairly. But all things are not always equal on a hockey team. No. There are certain players that are going to get more opportunity. Um, you know, we, when, when I was managing Tampa, we changed our coach, and I think we won 11 games in a row. Jim Johnson was the head coach down there, former Edmonton assistant. And one of the first things I did is go down there and kind of re-level set what was going on. Um, that was pretty early on in my tenure there. But I had a chance. I had some veteran players down there. You've got to really communicate with everybody and make sure everybody's on the same page. Now, to be fair, Ken Holland's been rather busy to start this year. I'm sure that's something he's going to get to. But when you look at Borgo, you know, there's a certain skill set that you may have to help along for him to get where you think he's going to be as a player, certainly where you think he will be when you drafted him. It can take time. People forget Chandler Stevenson was essentially buried in Washington and to the point where he never really got a full shake, ends up playing pretty damn well for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, You want to try to avoid that stuff, and unfortunately, if you go with everybody is treated equally and you must prove your way up the ladder, it's not much of a contest with a guy that's been involved in professional hockey for 12 years versus a guy that's coming in his first one, two, or three yeah. years. And that's where you have to step in and set the parameters, level set with your coaches. Coaches always want to win now. They want to build their careers. You understand that. But that is not the goal for the minors. The goal is to create a competitive environment where everybody can move forward quickly. And sometimes you have to move guys up and give them an opportunity that they may not be ready for a couple of times until they get it. There's this great thing called potential that is really hard to gauge. And, you know, when I look around the National Hockey League, if I see teams that are off in their minors, it's generally because they're so stubborn that they're going to hold on that. And I think it slows development for key players. Well, I don't think in the case of Borgo or Lavoie, they got a lot of looks with the Oilers' top-end skilled guys in in preseason. Um, And that was the option of the... But, you know, it's sort of been a reoccurring theme. It didn't matter if it was Dave Tippett or or Jay Woodcroft. So, um, and then, you you know, you end up going down on the minors, and it it might be tougher to get, like... Now, part of it is, if you watch Shawinigan play, Maverick Bork, who, as you know, is a first-round pick for Dallas, he drove that line when you watch Borgo. But Borgo was a guy that was a a complimentary playmaker and finisher playing with Maverick Bork. And I'm just, like... If he's going to play in the NHL, he kind of has to play in what I would think in a bit of the Kyler Yamamoto role, 
which is mean he's going to have to play with better players, and maybe it's tougher to judge him when he's down in the AHL and there's not those top-end skill guys with him. Uh, down, and, and others might say, shut up, Stauffer, you're just making an excuse. By the way, Brian, overwhelmingly on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, not surprisingly, the fans are saying, find a way to get Costin back if, if Stevie's prepared to eat some money there. So uh, there you go. Like It's it's like 99 to nothing. Fans, fans like Costin. He's big. He, I mean, he beat Eric DeBranson in a fight this year, too. Like he can, he's he's a tough, hard-nosed guy. Edmonton and Vegas. Why are Vegas successful, in your opinion, Brian? The easy answer is relentless pursuit of getting better at all costs. Um, and yet, you know, Vegas does a lot of things right with their players, their coaches. They're super aggressive. They use every tool in the toolbox. You've seen that in the evolution of the growth of that organization. Came in as an expansion team, was able to take everybody's essentially fourth or fifth best D, take everybody's, you know, really eighth or ninth best forward, and build a hell of a team out of that. And then they pivoted out of it. They went out and they got Petrangelo as a free agent, Made a big deal for Mark Stone. Haven't stopped there. Bring in Jack Eichel. Uh, they're just a really active team, in my opinion. It flows from top to bottom. Bill Foley's a very active owner. He wants his team to win. He's all in. Uh, he's not a meddler, but he's very involved. Uh, he's a perfect owner for an NHL team right now. When you add that all together, it's a winning, winning combination. George McPhee's a veteran in this league. Kelly McCrimmon, uh, he's used all of his talents as the new general manager in concert with George McPhee to really form a, a wonderful management uh, top tier. And they have absolutely benefited from their attitude, from their culture, from their actions of being aggressive. Brian, great stuff. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. And uh, we will uh, hook up next week before a return engagement for the Oilers against the Carolina Hurricanes. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Lawton, who is presented every Tuesday on Oilers Now for Wow Factor Desserts. Experience the ultimate power play this festive season with fan favorites and seasonal sensations. Check out the full lineup at wowfactordesserts.com today. It is Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, uh, Derek Scott with you. Reed Wilkins coming up with uh, the face-off show today at 5.30. Kelly McCrimmon, an extended conversation with him at 5.05 today. And uh, I do want to mention to you again, uh, when we come back, we're going to get to Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. It is 4.52 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. It's the last day of the Black Friday sale at Brent Ridge Ford. Oilers Now listeners have one last chance at discounts of up to $12,500 on F-150s. Plus, they still get the quality service that's earned Brent Ridge the Ford President's Award for customer satisfaction the last nine years in a row. If you want to be treated fairly during your purchase and receive top-shelf service after, call our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. I asked the question, posed the question on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. And Larbear says, hey, Bob, I definitely bring Clem Costin back. Letting him go was a big mistake. Um, more responses on that in a second. I, I've got to read this one because it made me laugh. 
Uh, this text comes in out of Edmonton. Bob, I truly believe the Oilers' slump this season has been because your showtime changed. It's cursed us, or I feel like it has since I like the midday slot. Uh, that text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Um, sorry. You can text us at 780 Hey, Bob, contract years have a factor on player performance, no doubt about it. Well, Costin, you know, scored double-digit goals last year, stepped up, fought for his teammates. Detroit thought they needed a little better lot in their lineup. They signed Patrick Kane today. Would not surprise me if Costin ended up in play. 4.57 in Edmonton, just before we go to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, it is time. For Oilers Now Game Day Trivia. For Pro-Am Sports, Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets. All the correct answers are entered to win in an original autographed seat back from Northlands Coliseum. It's signed by 12 legendary Oilers, including Grant Fuhrer, Mark Messi, and more. Check out ProAmSports.ca or visit 12728 St. Albert Trail in Edmonton. It's kind of a hard question. You're going to need to know your hockey to get this one. So I'm going to test you right now. You text in the winning answer, 780-496-0063. The Vegas Golden Knights have a defenseman, Zach Whitecloud, who played at Bemidji, which has not produced a lot of NHL players. They did, however, produce another right-shot defenseman, undersized guy, one of my personal favorites. Uh, he's bounced around in the league, had a, a good season a few years ago with Minnesota, but spent three or four campaigns with the Oilers in sort of a support role coming up and down from the minors where he was a killer offensive right-shot D. Name the former Edmonton Oilers defenseman during some of the tough times, the so-called decade of darkness, um, who was from Bemidji. You can text us, 780-496-0063. 458 in Edmonton, Kelly McCrimmon, the GM of the Vegas Golden Knights, coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson.